my friends, so in case you cannot tell by the noise level this morning, the excitement in the room, tomorrow is the first day of school. And I thought <clears throat> that I thought today would be a good day for us to talk a little bit about grace and what grace looks like and how we're all going to need a little bit of it in the coming weeks. So let's pray together. We will study the word. Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity. We hope and pray that each one of us will do something good with it. In your name, amen. So you understand that there is a phenomenal difference between the first day of school and the last day of school. Tomorrow morning, here's what's going to happen all across Manatee County. Parents are going to get up at the crack of dawn, and they are going to make their precious children a most glorious breakfast, and it is going to include some variation of pancakes, eggs, bacon, fresh fruit, etc. They are going to make sure that those same exact children are dressed in either new clothes or newly ironed clothes, and then finally, they're going to send them off to school with this nutritious lunch that is comprised of all of the different food groups, possibly a homemade cookie, and a lovely note that wishes them nothing but joy and happiness on their first day of school. That's what's going to happen tomorrow. It looks like that. Now, fast forward to May. And those same exact parents are going to say things like, hmm, I know you wore this yesterday, but I think it can go one more round, <laughs> right? Or they're going to grab that canned good in the back of the closet and say, here, I think this is still good. Can you get a plastic fork when you get to school? That's what it's going to look like. Truth, truth, yes. Mm -hmm. Somehow between May and August, things take a dramatic turn. And in the end, everybody's just glad to be done with the whole thing. But since it's August, since it's August, I thought that this might be a good time to talk about what is going to happen on that morning between now and May when you yell at your child because they can't find their socks again when you forget to pack their lunch entirely and they have no money in the school bank account, or when you get that call from the high school informing you that your child has cut class again. Now, for those of you who are well beyond those everyday realities, I'd like to challenge you to think of a moment in your life, just, just pick one, one moment, when you have made a mistake. And in the off chance that you are someone who has never made a mistake, please consider yourself excused for the rest of the sermon because I've got nothing to give to you <laughs> this morning. But for the rest of us, for the rest of us, for the moms, the dads, the grandparents, the teachers, everybody involved, Scripture sends us words of hope. In the middle of today's passage, Paul writes, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Actually, what it says is, since all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And Paul is telling Romans that there is no possibility that anyone, anyone is beyond sin. He says this, and he means this in terms of Jews and Gentiles alike. 
I would like to think of it for our high school students as that all Seminoles, Hurricanes, Pirates, all sin, all fall short of the glory of God. Nobody is exempt. And what that means is that even with the very best intentions, every one of us at some point is going to stumble. We're going to think ugly thoughts. We're going to say some hurtful things. We're sometimes even going to simply forget, which then demonstrates how imperfect we really are. And that makes the church a very unique place. Because at the heart, the church is a gathering of imperfect people, people who make mistakes, people who sin. And then for us to come to worship, to stand before the Lord, to acknowledge God's power and presence in our lives is to confess that we stand in need of God. Every one of us is here because we stand in need of God, and we do so in the company of everyone else who recognizes that same need and makes that same confession. Now, I've got to tell you and just prepare you, parents, that tomorrow there may be some perfect people or people that you perceive to be perfect in the school car line tomorrow morning, but they're not here in this church right now. <laughs> they are not. So all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Then what? What do we do? And I think that question is really hard, especially for those of us who pride ourselves on having our lives totally together. There's, there's a bunch of us in the congregation who are like that, who, who think that we've got it all together. But that's not always true. And last spring, I had a pretty epic mom fail. I mean, in terms of mom fails, this one, this one is, this is reaching absolutely astronomical proportions. Between the three of my kids, I have been in elementary school for over a decade now, so I pretty much have this down to a science. I do not, do not, do not miss plays, recitals, games, class parties, award ceremonies. Never Ever, ever, ever do I miss one of these things until I did. Until I did. And it was somewhere around Mother's Day last, last year that this happened. Mother's Day comes every year. I don't know if you knew that or not. It does. And schools do this thing called muffins with mom, which is exactly what it sounds like. You come into school and you have muffins with mom. So Mother's Day came and went this year, and I heard nothing from one of my kids. And I just assumed this is an off year because at my kid's school, it switches back and forth between donuts with dad and, and, and uh, muffins with mom. And so I just figured, oh, it was a donuts with dad year. So now it's the day after Mother's Day. We should be fully have cleared the hurdle of Mother's Day. Sung is taking the kids to school one of them gets out of the car in the car line and says, so mom's coming to muffins with mom this morning. Friends, muffins with mom is 20 minutes long. There is exactly 20 minutes from my house to my kids' school. There was no way 
that this was going to happen. And if you want to see your pastor go from totally calm and rational, rational to inconsolable and insane, you should have been there on the morning that I missed muffins with mom. Because it's not just that I missed the event. It's that somehow, in the busyness and the chaos of life, I missed the personal invitation from my kid, I missed the follow-up flyer from the teacher, and I missed the community email that went out to every one of the parents. And if that wasn't already spectacular enough, every mom in the room will appreciate this, there is nothing as gut-wrenching as having your kid come home from school and say that they were one of the three kids whose mom didn't show up. That hurts, y'all. That hurts a lot. So if you want to know what guilt looks like, you just check me out. But I, but I bet you don't have to. I bet you don't have to because I bet in your own life you carry guilt for mistakes that you've made and sins that you've committed. When, when we think about sin, we want to think about the really bad stuff, right? Murdery, murder, adultery, theft. But you know, laziness, busyness, selfishness, neglect, misplaced priorities and idols, they can all still make us feel the ugliness of sin just as much as the big ones can cause. Sin is sin, and, and the weight and guilt of sin can destroy us no matter where it comes from. But we need to keep in mind, not only for ourselves, but also for those around us, and especially for our children, especially for our children, that there are ways to help them to address that guilt and that sin in their lives. Hard as it is to believe, and parents, you may disagree, but our children are not perfect people either. So what do we do? What do we do when we have that guilt? Should we, just, should we just bury ourselves in it and pretend like nothing's wrong? Some of us have gotten to be experts in being able to justify our sin. And I want you to know that you can, you can hide a whole lot from the world. You can hide a whole lot. It happens every single morning and every single afternoon in every car line all over Manatee County. You can hide a lot from the world, but you will still carry it in your heart. So Paul writes that God has already taken care of this for us. We are now justified by his grace as a gift. As a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. So here's how I want you to think about this. Imagine, imagine that you get a speeding ticket. Some of you don't have to imagine, you know what it's like. But imagine that you get a speeding ticket. You do understand that the reason you got a speeding ticket is because you broke the law. Yes, you broke the law. In order for your record to be whole again, you have to make amends. You have to pay the punishment for breaking the law. But when it comes to God's law, our sin is so great that none of us can afford to pay for it out of our own pockets. And that's hard to hear, isn't it? 
Because most of us, we don't think we're all that bad. I mean, certainly not as bad as our neighbor, right? Who we didn't just judge by saying that out loud. It's also hard to hear in the sense that most of us are private people. And we want to handle our business ourselves. We don't want it out there. So if we break the law, typically we do want to handle it ourselves and not have somebody come bail us out. So the whole idea, the whole idea that God is going to handle it can be a little bit overwhelming for us, especially since God is the one that we sinned against. I mean, think about this, brothers and sisters. When was the last time that you got a speeding ticket? And as the officer hands you the ticket, he also says to you, oh, by the way, could I pay that for you? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But with God, it does. God pays for it. And that, that's called grace. That is called grace. When we least deserve it, when we least expect it, God steps in through Jesus Christ and pays for our sins. Now, that doesn't mean that our sins didn't happen. And it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be consequences that we're going to have to suffer as a result of those sins. But what it does mean is that we don't have to carry around the guilt and the shame with us for the rest of our lives. So let me go back to muffins with mom. I totally dropped the ball. That is a fact an indisputable fact. The guilt that I felt that day was overwhelming. In fact, when Anna found out that I was going to talk about this this morning, she's like, Mom, that was the worst day. You were still crying when we got home from school. And it was. It was the worst day. And that is exactly why we didn't talk about it the following Sunday. We didn't talk about it, but we're talking about it today because I don't have to carry that around for the rest of my life because grace finds a way. Grace always finds a way. And in this particular case, what that looked like was an opening in my schedule later that week to spend some one-on-one time with my kid. It looked like an invitation from my child's teacher to come in and have a special muffin with mom. It looked like more than a few of my friends sharing with me their mistakes, and then living to tell the tale about it. And especially, if you want to know what grace is, it looked like my kid wrapping his arms around me at the end of that night and saying, I love you, Mom. I love you, Mom. And so the crushing weight of that guilt is removed from me, and I bear it no more. So how do we go about accessing this whole grace thing? Paul writes, through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. Grace, at its very heart, is a faith issue. Grace is a faith issue. It is available to everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. Everyone. If you believe that Jesus really did die for you to pay for your sins so that you could stay in relationship with God, then your heart is going to keep you from looking for other ways to make atonement for your mistakes. But, and this is so important, if Jesus' sacrifice is not real to you, 
If you don't really believe that, and that is going to be a very personal matter between you and the Lord, if you don't really believe that, and you don't think that his, he has paid your debt, then you are going to spend the rest of your life looking for a way to work and pay your way out of your sins, and you're going to expect that out of others. That's important. Because if you don't believe in grace for yourself, then you won't believe in it for other people. And if you cannot truly believe in grace for yourself, then you will never be able to offer that grace to other people. God's gift of grace is rooted in his very deep love for us. It is an unconditional, enduring love that remains even in our deepest sin. So tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning all across Manatee County, it is going to be like that first moment when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is going to be a clean slate. Do you know that every child wakes up tomorrow morning at 100%? Every single one of them, doesn't matter which class they're in, what grade they're in, every single one of them starts tomorrow with 100%. And so do all of their parents. But give it a week or two. Because somebody's going to miss a spelling word. Somebody is going to forget their homework. Somebody's going to be late in the car pickup line, or they're going to forget to pack that drink in the lunchbox. And when that happens, not if, but when that happens, it's going to be the start of a year's worth of stumbles. A year's worth of mistakes, and sometimes a year's worth of sin. And that, that's going to be when the church takes the litmus test of grace. Because church, you, you need to know that this, this is going to happen. Paul says, since it happened. You need to know that when it happens, God is going to catch you. That his grace will be there, that that grace will fall upon you like the rain of a hurricane. Because for all of your sin, God loves you more than you could ever imagine. Adults, treasure that truth in your heart because the kids of this congregation need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is nothing, there is nothing, nothing, nothing that they could ever do that is going to separate them from the love of God in Jesus Christ. I want to make sure that every one of the kids that you saw up here this morning goes out of church today knowing that they are precious, that they are loved, that they are going to make mistakes, but that this is a place of grace. This is a place of grace. And they can always come here and they can always know that they are going to be loved no matter what. And adults... All year, we're going to be running alongside of them as a church, reminding them that they are loved no matter what. And guess what? God loves all of us older people too. To God be the glory now and forevermore. Amen.